Greetings, Greenhouse people. I'm your host, Bill Calkins with Ball Tech On Demand. And on the agenda today is a topic that's pretty cutting edge. And not necessarily because it's brand new in the world of horticulture, but due to the fact that this type of production is expanding and becoming critical to more and more growers uh, all across North America. And I'm talking about tissue culture. And like you, I'm excited to hear more about this from our guests today, both of whom have tremendous knowledge to share from research and application perspectives. Specifically, they're discussing tissue culture acclimation and the key components to success in ornamental plant production. Joining me today is Deanna Felton, longtime propagation and production manager from Sunbelt Greenhouses in Georgia, and Dr. Nathan Jonke, the culture research manager at Ball Horticultural Company in Chicago. And I know you guys have a lot to say on this topic, so let's get started. Why don't you share your screen and perhaps both of you can share a few words about how you got started working with tissue culture before jumping into your presentation. Uh, hi everybody, Nathan Jonke. I'm at Ball Horticultural Company in West Chicago. And I got started in tissue culture back when I was an undergraduate student at North Dakota State. I actually did research there and had one of my first publications in tissue culture but now that I've been with Ball for a few years, uh, tissue culture has really become an important um, aspect of the company and breeding as well as a commercial input. And so I've been doing research here in West Chicago on how to acclimate plants out of tissue culture so that our customers can be more successful. How about you, Deanna? Well, we got started here at Sunbelt as, a, as an alternative option to uh, a URC that was clean and virus free that and it's a was a easy option for us to um, jump into yeah so we're gonna go through some slides today on uh, tissue culture acclimation and how to uh, work on this in your operation but also give you some steps on what products you might want to use or get started with or some things that you might want to work on a little bit to give you uh, your product offering a little more boost and some interest because those can be a little bit more challenging uh, crops. Then we're going to put some science behind the acclimation process. You're going to get some practical tips from uh, Deanna. And then we're going to show you a little bit of research that we've been doing as well. So let's get started. So I want to paint this picture for everybody in tissue culture first is when you think back in the horticulture industry, uh, tissue culture is really the next frontier. And if you look back on seed, you know, there was a lot of challenges to get to where we are today. Germination, how to produce that seed um, and growing in plugs, moving to peat based media. And so we've come a really long way in seed and it works really well. Uh, a little bit further down the line, we developed vegetative propagation, stock plants are being grown in Central America, in Africa. And so vegetative has really taken off, but there's also some been some a lot of challenges along the way, right? and it's taken some time to build up to where we are. Now think of tissue culture as really in its infancy. We haven't done a lot with it, even though it's been used a lot in academia uh, for people to learn tissue culture, to transform plants, but really as a commercial input, it's in its infancy. So uh, give it a little time, but also make sure you're giving feedback to your suppliers on tissue culture and how to, to continue making this better. Um, but our goal today through this presentation is to help you be more successful with crops coming from tissue culture. 
And we're going to go over uh, what is tissue culture, get everyone on the same page on um, words that we're going to use throughout the presentation and vernacular so that when you talk about tissue culture, everyone knows what you're talking about. Uh, second, we're going to talk about components to success. This is going to be the meat of the presentation uh, where you're going to really learn how to acclimate plants and what causes plants to fail or be successful. And lastly, we're going to give you some uh, tissue culture tips and we'll say TC multiple times throughout this presentation. And when we say that, we mean tissue culture. So I wanted to start off with some vocabulary. Uh, you do that in school, right? Early on, you have to know what words mean. I already said TC means tissue culture. Uh, you hear us talk about deflasking. And this is actually removing the plantlet, which is in the tissue culture flask, out of that container and sticking it as you would a cutting. And tissue culture can come in various forms in vessels, bags, flasks, uh, multiple different containers. Now, acclimation is where we're going to spend a lot of time. And this really is just a process of adjusting plants from that flask or container to the greenhouse environment by controlling uh, humidity, light, and temperature, and water. Here's one that you're probably not familiar with, and that is the word vitrified. This is a water-soaked appearance, which you can see here on the right hand of the screen. Uh, and you'll see that when plants come out of a tissue culture flask and it's been jumbled around for a little bit, uh, and that'll actually break down. But we'll revisit all of these terms later on in the presentation, so keep those in your mind. But also go online and check out our vocab list and tissue culture that we're going to have posted on the Ball Seed uh, website. So then if you want to learn more about the different words in tissue culture, you can use that as a resource. So what is tissue culture? Um, you can see here, actually one of my past interns, Lori, is working in a hood, and that's a sterile condition where she's chopping up plantlets, tissue culture plantlets. And this is really a, a growth of cells that's derived from living tissue outside in your natural environment and grown on an artificial medium. And that medium is what we call auger. You can see in the bottom of this flask here, it basically looks like jello. And in there, we've got sugar, we've got hormones, carbohydrates, um, many different things we can put in this auger or agar, if you can also say. And that really drives the plant to grow in a specific way. We can have it grow shoots, roots. Uh, we could have it grow a lot of callus. And you can multiply it very quickly or very slowly. Within the flask, we have plantlets. That's what we call the small, basically micro plants within it. And within this container, it's aseptic or basically almost sterile. And we need that to be almost sterile because we basically have all of this food here for these plants. And if you get bacteria or fungi in there, they're gonna grow very quickly. Um, and one thing you can also do with tissue culture is produce basically virus-free plants by cutting off the growing point over and over and over again. Also in that flask, it's completely closed. And so it's almost 100% uh, humidity in there. And in the labs, it's generally low light intensity, uh, definitely not like your normal greenhouse environment. And this basically drives a lot of factors that we're going to talk about in acclimation. So let's go over quickly how tissue culture is produced. In this uh, grid here, you see stage one, two, uh, three, four, and there's also a stage zero. 
that stage zero is really the plant outside what we collect from. That's called the explant. In order to get that into tissue culture, they harvest a portion of the plant. They'll do some sterilization and cleaning procedures, put it into a test tube or a larger container. And that's called stage one in the establishment phase. Once we go into stage two, we're driving shoot development because we're multiplying those plants and that you'll use different hormones in the media to achieve. Then stage three, or so let's stop there, zero through two, that's our lab phase. So as customers or growers, we're really not going to work a lot in these first three stages. But once we get to stage three, this is the rooting phase. And so we've put auxins in the hormone or in the media to drive root growth. And this is often what you'll receive from a lab is a rooted tissue culture plantlet. And sometimes you actually have unrooted in here as well. But this is the form that you'll hear people talking about and what you'll likely receive in your greenhouse. Now, stage four is that acclimation uh, process. So this is the most important part for a grower and what we're going to spend the most of our time on. So this is taking that plant out of that container into the greenhouse environment where we need to control humidity, light, and temperature in order to get our final product that we're going to ship off to our customers. So uh, Deanna, talk to us about the forms that people could see when it's coming into the greenhouse. So um, you can receive in agar, which would be the top container. Uh, it can be in a container with the agar on it. And um, then we can receive in a tray um, with a little plantlet, or um, we can receive um, in a bag, which would be ex agar, or we can get a clump, which would be the picture down to the right, or it can have a single stem. So those are the different forms that you can receive the plant material in. And a lot of those can have different success rates, right? Uh, yes. Not always equal. Uh, for instance, the clumps we have found tend to be um, slower and um, you always end up with a more dominant shoot in it. And the um, good example in the picture there of the of that particular item, it has a long um, water root that can ha you can have a different effect there. That is actually not a root that actually takes up nutrients. Yeah, so depending on the labs you're working with, um, or even the crop you're working with, you might receive something in auger or ex auger, or maybe you'll get something in an auger plug like uh, ferns typically come in. So now that we have some baseline information on tissue culture, uh, let's talk about these uh, success components that are really going to make a difference in whether you're successful with a tissue culture plantlet in the greenhouse. These four success components, the first one is lab source and crop. Uh, the second one is inspection and grading. Third is acclimation where we'll spend a lot of time. And fourth is feedback. We cannot stress that enough. So um, Deanna, talk to us about lab source. We work with a lot of them uh, with ball seed and they don't always ship the same product, right? Correct. Um, and they come from different parts of uh, the world. Uh, a lot of them are in Asia, China, Indonesia, um, Vietnam, ever that away, and sometimes the Netherlands. Um, and we have found 
that by working with Ball as a broker, um, that we have a source to help us when it comes to getting uh, our material into the into the United States easily. And it, it, it helps you with, you have to clear customs to be able to get your material in. You can either, you can also do this yourself and go direct, but we like um, working with the broker. It makes our life a lot simpler and because it can be co quite complicated sometimes to get it through customs. Um, your communication is really important with um, what's coming in. You need to know ahead of time what you're receiving and um there can be things that maybe the lab doesn't have something ready in time, um, and you need to know that communication. Um, reliability is really important. We like to work with labs that are reliable. You can, there were, we have worked really hard with um, getting a source where the, the size of the cutting is the same. Um, the information for the packing slip is the same. So, that's an important aspect of when you're working with a lab. And a lot of that, it takes time, right? I mean, we've yes, been it does. for a few years now, and it's, it's a constant feedback, emails, um, working with the labs to say, hey, this, this spec was off a little bit. We need some adjustments here, or this one might need to be reinitiated. And so think about this as normal business. This is a relationship, and relationships take time, and you need to put some effort into it. Uh, to make sure you're getting consistent quality. And especially if you're going direct, um, you're going to, it'd be helpful to have someone being that point person to do that communication to develop that reliability with the lab. If you don't communicate back with your lab, then you're not going to get the type of material that you want. Um, you, you could con constantly get um, erratic plants or all the time if you don't communicate back. All right, so the next few slides here, we're gonna talk about the crops that you might be working with. And I put these in a scale of difficulty. And the reason for that is if you have different levels of experience with tissue culture, you might wanna start with something a little bit easier. Or if you have a lot of experience, you might want something that's a little bit more interesting to diversify your product offering. And so a lot of those generally fall into a higher level of difficulty. And how we came up with these is a combination of uniformity that we've seen from labs, uh, the success rate that we're seeing in the greenhouse from multiple different uh, rooter, rooting stations, crop time, and also the reliability of those labs and that specific crop from those labs. So on the low difficulty, there's not a lot here. Wanted to keep this pretty simple. Um, so we've got ferns, which come in an auger plug. And these are almost pre-acclimated already once they're once they get to you. And so that means they're going to be a lot more tolerant of variable conditions, warmer temperatures, lower humidity. And the crop time is a little bit longer, but relatively easy to grow. Uh, Rex begonias um, are relatively easy. Uh, they may have a little bit of breakdown or they might not have a lot of roots, but generally if you can manage light and humidity, from the get-go, these are gonna be pretty successful. They also come in a large variety of colors, so there's a lot of options to pick from. Um, Heuchera is sort of your gateway into the perennial TC market. Lots of different colors. There is a little bit more variability, say compared to a fern, um, but a lot of options here, and they generally acclimate really well. 
how about Gerbras? You guys have a good amount of experience with Gerbras in uh, Sunbelt. Yes, we do. We do a lot of the uh, Garvinia type, and they are relatively easy to, what I consider easy to do. Um, about a six-week crop time, just like a, a Gerber from seed. So it's just the key to it is the humidity and the acclimation. And then hostas as well. You can find a good number of hostas from tissue culture. Uh, that's a good option to avoid some diseases that you might see in bare root production. So when we go over to moderate difficulty, we start getting a few different species and a lot of different tropicals in here as well. Um, and take us through some of these crops and what they might see that makes them a little bit more difficult uh, than say our easy category. Okay, the allocation. Um, the amount of leaves that you receive does make this a little bit more difficult. We prefer that we have at least two leaves and a shoot. And you can see in the picture that Nathan's showing right there that um, some of those only have one leaf. So that makes that a little bit more difficult to actually root that plant and get it going. The um, calatheas are slower and smaller. And I you would need at least, my recommendation for all these plants is you need at least two, two leaves and a shoot to be successful with it. Otherwise, it's going to take a very, very long crop time. Um, Defenbachia is another one. Um, it can come in um, kind of on the smaller side and um, it's a little bit, it's slower to grow. Nathan, uh, you're the expert on echinacea. Yeah, we've done a lot of echinacea here at Ball, obviously one of Darwin's uh, key products. And uh, this one is definitely not on the easy list. There's There can be a good amount of variability between labs as well as within flasks. And you can see that on the right-hand side here on the bottom photo, a very small compared to um, very large. And in this one, you definitely want roots to be present. It doesn't make or break the crop if it doesn't have roots, but you're definitely going to have a lot higher success rate when you have roots. Uh, the other challenging thing can be the length of the roots, and that goes for almost all tissue culture. If you get something that has really long roots or really thick roots, that's going to be a challenge to stick. Um, so when you're talking back to your labs, push them for shorter, more actively growing roots, and that'll help your success rate. Uh, both echinacea, go for that larger size and stick with roots. Um, Monstera, we've seen to be relatively easy, right? Um, yes. But there can be some variability there. Philodendrons are another one that can be easy or can be a lot uh, slower and a little bit more difficult to do. Um, the size of the um, plantlet really matters. You want that, that plantlet to be at least to the edge of your uh, we use alleys, at least to the edge. If it's smaller than that, it dramatically increases your crop time. And then syngoniums, you really need to pay attention to uh, what you're receiving out of the bag. If you've got vitrified cuttings, uh, I mean, plantlets, you could be actually have a problem coming into you and not realize it. So you need to pay attention to the quality of what is coming out of your bag. Yeah, if something's breaking down in the bag, and we'll go over this uh, in the future, it's likely, do not stick that and, and report that back to the lab that either something happened in Trazent or they have a pathogen. Like we've uh, isolated fusarium on Syngonium quite frequently. And so that's something you want to make sure that the lab is providing clean uh, products. 
And the syngonium is another one. You want to make sure that you have enough leaf. So here's our high difficulty category. So we get some more interesting crops in, in this category. And this isn't an exhaustive list, exhaustive list, but um, it's a, a list that we've worked with a good number of crops together. And, and so that's why we, we have these on here. Aglaonema, long, long, long crop time. If the spec isn't right on this, what we say, like over 20 weeks sometime to fill out a yes. line. Yeah, yeah. Twenty. some of it 28 weeks if you don't have the right spec. Yeah. And so that's one when we've worked with the labs, we've been able to get them to provide a younger, more actively growing um, spec, but also something that doesn't have a lot of callus on the bottom or large roots. And those have finished much faster and our success rate has gone been a lot higher. Um, talk to us about these smaller and more interesting allocations. I have one over in my office right over here that looks awesome. So the smaller allocations, um, if you do not have the two leaves and a shoot, the crop time increases tenfold. So the, the, what your lab is sending into you on the size of your TC really affects this crop. Then there's the ficus tenecki. Uh, this is one where we've been able to move over to a, a single stem form. Uh, you can see that clump in the bottom here. And also to the right, you can see a clump growing out, but then there's a single form. While uh, some customers might want a, a clump form because you have more stems in a liner that'll fill out. Um, I mean, we, we said earlier, usually one shoot is going to become dominant in that clump. And the single uh, form roots better, is more uniform coming out of the flask. And then when we get this clump form, you know, the lab's pushing that with hormones in order to get all those shoots to develop. And sometimes we'll get excessive shoot number and then it doesn't root well. It, it doesn't look like a good quality line or going out the door that's going to fill out the pot. Um, how about our, our favorite ficus lyrata? We haven't had any <laughs> challenges with that. The biggest challenge with that crop is actually edema. Um, it roots relatively easily. Um, and that, that is another one that can come in clump form and single shoot. We prefer the single shoot. It roots just like the other, um, the Teneki much better. You can have, like Nathan was saying, uh, in the clump form, sometimes we've seen as many as 10 shoots. So it's very, it makes it very difficult to root. It makes your trays very uneven. It makes your growing more difficult because of the um, unevenness within the tray. And you end up having to grade it more. So the Lorada, uh, if you don't have the proper environment for it, you can end up with this um, edema seen in the picture. Yeah, we've had to, we worked hard on getting that fine-tuned. And so that's another thing to keep in mind and we'll talk about later in acclimation is the season that you're doing this in can change your environment drastically. And when coming out of tissue culture or working with specific crops, you need to be attuned to how your environment's gonna change. Um, when we talk about single stem philodendrons, again, some of these can be pretty easy, but what we've seen is that uh, with the lab pushing for more shoots to get more division, to have more plantlets to sell, uh, we can run into plantlets that we stick and then grow multiple shoots of. And specifically with the single stem type philodendrons, uh, if you ship off a flat that has multiple stems in a liner, that could get rejected because the form that this is supposed to grow into is a single stem. 
Um, also, we have pictured here is Prince of Orange, uh, which is more of that yellow, more orangey colored type, which people really like. Uh, but these can be sensitive to high light intensity and high night temperatures, and you'll get some bleaching of the leaves in that one. Also, Moonlight. Uh, we've seen some reversion with Birkin, a variety of philodendron. And so be on the lookout when you start getting these highly variegated or very different colors in this crops, you can get some reversion back or multiple off types. And so keep in touch with your lab, tell them you're seeing a percentage in your flats and they might need to go back and reinitiate uh, this variety so that you're getting a more consistent crop coming out of the flask. Mm -hmm.